0: With the 7th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Josh Allen. Auburn's going to win the football
1: game! Auburn's going to win the football game! He ran the miss field goal back!
2: Welcome back to the 19th episode of After the Buzzer, ready to get episode 19 rolling. Very special interview today for episode 19, Uh, but first I'm back, Jackson, as your host, co-host alongside me is David. David, how are you doing?
0: Doing great, glad to be back for another one.
2: Yeah, we're ready to get this episode going. Like I said, very special interview. We have Coach James Four of the Western New York Strike Zone on. Uh, Coach, how are you doing?
1: Very good, fellas, very good. Uh, Great to be on. Uh, Thank you very much for the opportunity.
2: Yeah, we are happy to have you on. Uh, and where can people uh, follow you? You know, if they wanna get more of what you're doing over there at Strike Zone.
1: Um, usually we just post it on our Instagram. Um, lots of our athletes uh, at WNY Strike Zone. Um, and uh, yeah, you can check out any uh, videos of what we got going on, and it has a link to uh, the the website in there as well.
2: Awesome. At W N Y Strike Zone is where to find Coach Fort and all he does over there. If you guys want to email us, we are at After the Buzzard Twenty Two at Gmail or on Instagram at After the Pod. Um, let us know what you're thinking. Like we said, we're getting merch out. We got the website going. We're gonna be rolling with that stuff. But we're gonna start out with a question that a lot of people, you know, think about, Coach. We know that you uh, have worked within the Angels organization. So one of the biggest things is, you know. Did you meet Mike Trout? And if you did, what was your experience uh, meeting him?
1: Uh, so yeah, uh, great question. Um, everybody's uh, you know probably face of baseball, number one ranked player, I believe, um, when they just did their countdown recently. So um, amazing dude. You know uh, decently local here to the uh, the northeast. So uh, yeah, day one of spring training. I would uh, I would say great story. Went in um, in my street clothes, um, just kind of polo and khakis met a nice security guard who I kind of talked into letting me in with no identification because I was uh, brand new to the organization and uh, day one in the facility. Um, So he kind of got me in the door, got back and uh, met some of my fellow coaches. Um, Just happened to bump into a couple of them in the hallway. Um, So not too many players were there from the minor league side yet, but there was a uh, major league game going on that day. So it was an absolute circus where normally the days are pretty relaxed around the minor league side. Um, so we, you know, we get to get to talking and it's like, Hey, anytime you guys want tickets, you can just kind of go over to, you know, the game. I was like, wow, day one. Hey, do you want to go over to the game? Uh, you know, one of the coaches asked me, I was like, wow. Um, that sounds absolutely amazing. Yep. So we, uh, we sat down the right field line and, um, Sure enough, one of the uh, one of the friends uh, that we met up with um, down the right field line knew the security guard who was on the right field line um, who led us onto the field and was like, "Hey, do you guys want to go for a tour into the clubhouse?" So it was probably about the seventh inning of the game. You guys know spring training well enough. Um, you know some of your starters, especially early on, it was one of the earlier games, um, start to you know get out of the game uh, at that time. So we walked into the training room and sitting on the hyper ice machine, there was Mike Trout just kinda, you know, I tried to pick my jaw up off the floor real quick going from
2: yeah. <laughs> day
1: one coach, uh, you know, ex fan. Um, and you know, it being a dream that I was, you know, able to go out there for a, a pro organization. Uh, oh my God. That's, that's Mike Trout right there. Um, so as the three of us kind of walked by, um, you know he made a comment in our direction it sounded like he said hey you're not just going to walk by with that backpack and uh, not say anything are you and I you know kind of realized <laughs> I had my backpack on and uh, it was a tri-state arsenal backpack so that's the uh, the travel team he played for um, when he was in yeah. high school in 2008 in New Jersey. Um, one of my uh, one of our athletes who's uh, a commit going to Iona college next year Nick DiCarlo uh, plays for tri-state arsenal in the summertime and, uh, got me that backpack over the summer. So I guess I'm just glad I threw that one on that day. He's a really nice guy. Our babies were born within, you know, 10 days of each other. So, uh, I talked to him that day. We talked kind of, a, you know, about our, our lives, our family situation all the way, you know, all the way up yeah, to yeah, yeah. baseball and him hitting an absolute, uh, tank that day. So just, uh, you know, it was, uh, amazing, um, to kind of just walk past him and never got to see him again, uh, you know while I was out there because I was on the minor league side. He's obviously on the big league side, but, but um, you know to, to cross paths with him and for him to kind of call out to me when I was trying to be professional and not annoy him was, uh, was definitely an amazing experience.
2: Yeah, that sounds crazy. I mean you know first day and you get to meet the, one of the probably in consideration for being the greatest player of all time, Obviously, he's got some years left to go and wants to win some championships, but that is crazy. Um, all right, we got another question here. Um, uh, for some people who aren't familiar with you, uh, what's your background in the sport of baseball? Kind of how'd you get interested in that in baseball, that kind of stuff?
1: Uh, so I kind of got thrown right into the fire from, uh, you know, birth. I was born in Cooperstown, New York, uh, home of baseball where the Hall of Fame is, and um, you know growing up I worked at the uh the dreams park when uh it became really like the big uh you know youth baseball tournament that it is so saw some of the uh you know some of the best guys who have played in the league um you know in the United States kind of roll through Bryce Harper and Delino de Shields, and uh, I still think Joe Mack from uh, Williamsville East has the uh the record for Home runs in the Home Run Derby there, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, love that a local guy still has one of the records there in Cooperstown, but, um, you know, I kind of, I, I loved it right away, um, you know, we watched The Sandlot um, on Saturdays uh, when my dad got home from work and we'd play catch outside and, um, you know, just try to hit the, you know, hit and throw the ball around, so, uh, kind of going into, uh, you know, the high school time, my, uh, my catcher in high school, his name is Phil Pohl. Um, he's the big league catcher for the Oakland athletics. Now he, uh, oh, wow. was the Gatorade state player of the year in 2007. Um, you know, went to Clemson on a full ride out of our high school. So, um, really made us around him better, um, and ended up, you know, several college players, uh, Binghamton university, Vermont, Tufts university, um, you know, some guy who uh who went to d3 in junior colleges just really benefited from uh you know being around such an amazing player and didn't even realize what we had um in a teammate and a uh, you know an overall guy who just um pushed us to be better all the time so
2: yeah
1: uh from that was those that was from an early age you know you kind of kind of set the tone for us to to just want to be be better at baseball. Um, our area, you know, we graduate about 80 kids probably from that high school. Um, not notorious for being a, a powerhouse by any means, but being the home of baseball, you always kind of feel like you you mm-hmm. defend the honor of uh, having that title. So, um, yeah. you know, I took I took that to you know to college, and uh, I actually just told the this story to a couple of the freshmen at N U the other day, who were uh, you know asking me some questions about you know, the path and playing time and things like that, especially in the, uh, you know, the modern day. And I know we're going to touch on this probably later, um, just with, you know, all the COVID stuff going on at the NCAA level and the extra years and the repeat years and transfers and, uh, you know, playing time. And do you think I should redshirt and this and that? Everyone always has questions about, about stuff Uh a lot of the time. And uh, you know, I was playing catch on the, uh, the lawn in, in front of the dorm, uh, the day before with a guy I had met, uh, that day, um, who kind of convinced me to go to the baseball tryout the next day. I was not on a scholarship. I did not have a position on the team. Um, they had been practicing for, you know, over two weeks as a team already when they have walk-on tryouts. And, uh, we kind of started throwing back and forth. He was like, well, I was a catcher, you know, when I was in high school, like I'll, I'll get down and catch some pitches. And he was like, man, those don't look too bad. Like, man, you, you sh- you want to go out there with me tomorrow? I was like, well, yeah, let's, let's see if, uh, let's see if we can do it. Only if you'll catch me, you know, I said to him, so I was like, yeah, kind of went out on a limb. Uh, and I told, uh, the, the reason I was telling the story to those guys the other day, they asked me if I was superstitious, and I was like, man, I put on my cleats from eighth grade to throw this bullpen um, when I was a freshman in college. So uh, I, was, I put these cleats on, and I was like, man, we're going to leave it all out there today um, Threw the best bullpen of my life in front of their coach. Um, kind of had nine other guys show up. Everyone wanted to hit first. Uh, he was like, do you want to hit? I was like, nope, just want to pitch. Took my time warming up, you know, really kind of committed to uh, – you know, say, Hey, like, I'm going to throw the best pitches I can throw. And, uh, my guy who was there with me, God bless him, Pat, uh, caught me, <laughs> caught me like an absolute stud that day. Um, and yeah, said, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll keep you around for practice the next two weeks. Um, I caught bullpens with a, uh, a hole in my pitching glove, uh, where you could see my middle, my middle finger kind of through the glove, um, catching guys from oh, wow. 45 feet who are just trying to welcome me to the team with, uh, you know, halfway to the plate fastball sometimes, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, so, you know, you, I really was like, Hey, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to work for this. I'm going to grind it out. I was, uh, super out of shape. I was 280 pounds, um, when I got there on campus. So, I had kind of started a weight transformation and heading into Christmas of that year, uh, before I went home, you know, our coach was doing kind of our accent meetings, like, hey, how'd the fall go? And I'd had like two outings or so and and they'd been bad. I'd gotten absolutely just shelled, like guys just crushed me. I was cashing in runs. I got hit with a line drive in the arm and needed to go to the <laughs> oh, trainer. Wow. I was having all sorts of issues. Yeah. And he was like, hey, like, I, uh, you know, I had dropped about 40 pounds there in three 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 and a half months or so um, mm-hmm. and was really doing work with our strength and conditioning coach. He was my best friend. Uh, and. So I kind of, you know, I was like, well, you know, I I gave it my all. He's probably going to tell me like, hey, man, just stop, you know, stop coming in here. And he goes, I called your local newspaper in Cooperstown and told them that you're, you know, you're going to be on the team in the spring. I want to give you a roster spot for Christmas. And I was, you know, thanked him, of course. And I absolutely lost it and called my, you know, called my grandma and everything like that. And so. Um, yeah. you know that's kind of how I ended up on the team and then uh, I went on to be a three-year captain uh, coached after got my master's degree in finance while I was there uh, really launched my entire baseball life um, just by kind of you know rededicating myself to baseball um you know the, those couple of months and really starting yeah. to understand once again I'm sure we'll get into some player development discussion as I, I work with Jackson you know um, uh, on, on Sunday mornings, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, that, um, you know, you know, on the player development side, I really kind of took charge myself and understood that a little bit of effort, um, can go a long way for someone who hasn't done anything before.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, I have a question. It's more more geared towards coaching. What is your philosophy when it comes to coaching?
1: Um, So I think that's a good question to kind of get you guys um, in the mix on. I know there's, you know, probably a lot of debate on the sports side of old school and new school and uh, where everybody kind of from their grandpa um, and Babe Ruth all the way down to, you know, like we talked about Mike Trout. Um, My philosophy uh, kind of rests and lies totally in player development. Um, So I, you know, we do use lots of technology at strike zone. Um, you know, being in a pro organization now, I would tell you that, um, going through the interview process and being there that they value, um, you know, your ability to work with that. Um, but it all comes back to your ability to communicate with your players and get them to, to buy in to what you're doing. So, um, I'm big on the the why behind what we do, you know you shouldn't be doing ten push ups and ten jumping jacks and ten sit ups if I can't explain why I'm making you do those things uh yeah. and yeah. once again i think i'll i'll kinda I'll kind of toss it off to jackson in a in a minute because we you know we work on some different things, and I think you know my philosophy wise like we're gonna turn over every rock that we can we can turn over to see if there's something under there for you, um, you know, to, to help you pull out the most in yourself, whether that's, you know, rotational strength in the weight room, whether that is, you know, just producing more force t- to bat speed training, to, you know, velocity building. We really, we try to say, hey, like, how serious do you want to take it? And that's how serious we can take it. So on the private level, I've always kind of, you know, If you don't have the time, if you don't have, you know, the ability to dedicate yourself, we can help you and we can get you a program. But, um, you know, there's never any guarantee ever in results. And there's definitely, you know, if you can't dedicate yourself to enough time to to do things properly, you run the risk of just increasing injury. And I think um, philosophy-wise, once again, to just kind of sum it all up, if you can keep players healthy and you can keep players at a certain level where they kind of sustain, you know, their velocity for X amount of pitches and can bounce back for that, you know, whatever the major league timeline is and four days to start again or a reliever being able to go two out of three days, you know, yeah. we're, we're doing a really, a really good job at something that's unpredictable. Um, to be able to get those guys back, back as often as we always as we always do.
2: Yeah, and that's, you know, when you talk about having people buying into the system, you see, you know, most notably, as we talk about locally, the Buffalo Bills, you know, the whole thing when Sean McDermott and, you know, Brandon Bean, they came in, their whole thing was trusting the process and trusting the process that they were going to build a good organization. So that's definitely, you know, a strong... Strong point to take when you have to pe- have to have people to believe in what you're doing, and then also believe in themselves at the same time.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely, and I think um, you know to to go along with that culture. I mean, it takes a a heck of a lot of work, and and same thing with the the, the Buffalo Bills. Have you know they have done done the work, right? You heard Josh yeah. Allen say there um, in one of those last couple of weeks, like let them dance. We we do the we do the work. Um, mm-hmm. Here, so uh, I, you know, that is, uh, you know, I think going from Buffalo to Niagara Falls, where we're at, we we fully believe in in that as well. And uh, I know Jackson would vouch for us. We actually have a uh, "Surrender the outcome, trust the process" uh, banner that's mm-hmm. on the wall. So, um, you know, we we really we believe that that same thing. You got to be willing to work, but. If you believe in it, um, it's hard to hard to convince you know a guy otherwise if they believe in it fully.
2: Yeah. All right. Another question that we have is uh, what is an important attribute that you think someone needs to be successful in the business world? Obviously, you know it's a it's rough out there, especially when you get really competitive. But what's something that you you know you have kind of have to have if you really want to be successful?
1: Well, I think you know keeping the baseball theme um in in everything that i do um you know yeah. i do run a baseball business i did you know i did have a job um when i got out of you know when i got out of college uh kind of decided that coaching um college baseball for free was probably not the best career choice if i wanted to um you know start doing <laughs> if anything as yeah. we move forward so um, I worked at Praxair, which is now Lindy, um, in Tonawanda. It's right on Sheridan uh, after, off you get, after you get off Grand Island. Um, and, you know, walking in there, I was like, oh, man, uh, it's my first, you know, real job, you want to call it. And I kind of walked in there. I was like, listen, I, you know, when the year before um, that I coached, I – was a grad student and I, you know, I played and I was hurt a lot and I didn't play a ton because I couldn't pitch all the time. And I was, you know, super supportive, almost already coaching as a player. Um, you know, the guys who could make a difference and I knew could make a difference was trying to get them to, to help themselves a little bit more. And I was like, you have to, you know, I got voted best teammate by my, by the, the team. Um, you know, that year. And that was the first year they'd ever given anybody anything like that was kind of like a, a purple heart award, um, for, for our team. And it was like, I was kind of in a supportive role and I was like, Hey, like I can, if I can walk into this place on day one of, of training and, um, you know, maybe I understand something someone else doesn't, or I do have a question that maybe everyone has, like, I'm not going to be afraid to, to help someone out or to raise my hand and, and ask a question, I want to be a good teammate to, you know, whoever's in this training class, and then ultimately, once I join, you know, the, the team, um, on the floor, I would like to, you know, I want everyone to know that I'm there to, to be a part of it, and to, to help it as a, as a whole, you know, I'm bigger than, bigger than myself, I want to be there for something more, and I think if you take that, you know, anyone who's graduating college, or graduating high school, and looking to go to college, if you can go, just be part of something, Something that's greater than yourself, um, you know, if you, you know, I waited tables at Olive Garden, I worked at the batting cages in Cooperstown, like, you can really, you can really take it to, hey, I'm going to give this everything I have for the hours that I'm here to make, you know, my team do well. And I think uh, you find a lot of personal success out of looking at the, the greater, the greater picture than yourself.
2: Yeah, finding the bigger picture is definitely, you know, you got to see kind of into the future almost. Uh, that sounds kind of odd, but you got to see a goal and then find you know, and go to achieve that goal and help other people along the way. Uh, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Another question staying on sort of the business side of things. What are some of the difficulties that come with owning a business or even? difficulties that come with being a coach
1: um so on the on the coaching side i'd say on the professional coaching side um you know a lot of a lot of people i guess wouldn't know that every coach is on for the most part at the minor league level a one-year contract so they you know you're kind of as much as you're trying to do a high quality job or always fighting for your job and they're always looking for the next you know a next guy so um you know it's a it's a very competitive world, and I think the more that you talk to coaches um you know around the game at a high level uh we're trying to say hey like we shouldn't be competing amongst coaches we should be you know collectively helping our players so that on the professional side, and I think uh, a challenge on the you know the owning a facility side is just uh you know always i i worry about about everything all the time um <laughs> From anytime, anytime I leave, you know, light getting hit uh, with a baseball. You do hit baseballs inside. Some of our guys hit balls a hundred, and a uh, hundred and ten, a hundred and twelve miles an hour. Um, and sometimes there's some some holes in the nets. So, uh, you know, I always worry about kind of the the place uh, itself. Anytime I'm not there, even when we're closed, um, you know, the normal. I think. Uh, I know you guys are younger, but, uh, the normal stuff, if you're the last one out of the house, did you lock the house? Did you, did you turn the stove off? Did you do all those kinds of things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that, and just, you know, a lot of, um, you know, I do a lot of video editing for our, our hitters and our pitchers, which, uh, comes into play after hours, um, when you're chopping down, you know, uh, eight hours worth of, uh, footage on the day.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what can athletes expect when they come into your facility and they want to get better? What What do you when people walk in the door? What can they expect to get from you and to get from uh, your your facility?
1: Um, so I think I kind of kind of touched on it briefly before. One of my you know my favorite statements is you know we can we'll take it as serious as as you want to take it. Yeah, and um, so. That means when you come in the door, um, you know, Dave is a different athlete than Jackson. Um, and if you walk in on an individual basis and you say, hey, like, I'm here uh, and I love baseball and I want to get better, it starts with an initial assessment of, um, you know, from pretty much your your toes all the way up to your, your head and neck, um, just movement screening, um, you know, t- finding pressure points in your body, um, just kind of we – explain it on the strength and conditioning side is we're looking for the lowest hanging fruit um, to kind of grab from the ground to help an athlete get better, whether that's um, tightness in your hips or limited mobility in your ankles or, you know, things like that to um, also finding physical limitations saying, hey, like Dave can't straighten his arms over his head because his shoulders are so tight or Mm -hmm. Jackson can't touch his hands over his back when we have a, one of our softball athletes who's 14 years old who can link her hands behind her back and literally bring them all the way over to the front of her and bring them back and forth like, she, like she's on just a, a tilt of world. Like it's unbelievable. Oh, wow. Without <laughs> disconnecting her fingers, it's completely insane. We have, you know, a, a college pitcher who sits 91 to 93 who, um, you know, can't get it much above his first vertebrae in his lower back his hands are connected. So, um, you know, everyone everyone comes in different shapes, and, shapes and sizes. Uh, their mobility, their you know, their strength, their just weird things that go on um, as our human our human body grows. Um, I would say what you can expect is for us to to once again kind of ask you a lot of questions as the athlete um, ask you you know a lot about your background and um, what you do and then really try to turn over, you know, several rocks from, um, you know, your parents and their athletic backgrounds to, um, you know, mapping out a future and what it's going to look like in order for you to, you know, there's certain metrics that people will put on athletes and say, if you do this, you can throw this hard or you can hit this hard. And it's definitely not that, but the foundation for strength and the understanding of how to move strength safely and quickly is definitely at the forefront of what we would set for a program of an athlete who who can take it serious enough, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, 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 I mean, you want a very personal, you know, you want to be able to work in, you know, for whoever is there because, like you said, you have, you know, a guy who might be six six and you know two hundred eighty pounds who hits the ball one hundred eighteen miles an hour and then we got you know some a younger player who's maybe a little bit skinnier maybe more of a a contact hitter not so much power so you gotta kind of tailor it to people's specifics um, and then we got another one here uh, who this is kind of a, more of a personal question here uh, who is like the most Im- impressive pitcher you have seen like live in person.
1: Uh, that's a great question. I did want to real quick, I'm going to circle back to finish up cause I know one of your other questions was kind of how do you differentiate between working with a 12 year old and a professional and kind of where you were talking about those different yeah, body yeah, yeah. types and <laughs> everything right there. Um, you know, I, I would say in a lot of parents, um, if they, you know, they listen or coaches who listen might, um, totally disagree with me on this and that's, that's cool. Um, You know, I'm big on on the intent, and I think, um, you know, a 12-year-old and a professional hitter definitely have much different things to work on um, in the grand scheme of things. But I think a lot of uh, 12-year-olds who um, lack intent in their hitting approach or in their throwing um, because they're trying to have perfect mechanics or control or work on their spot – like if you're working on 99 different things, I think baseball is a really tough game. So I think, you know, if you can become a, you know, a good athlete, and I think we see it younger and younger um, in this day and age where the athletes are are moving better at younger ages and they're stronger at younger ages. um, If we can, if we can help by using that, we got to, we got to shake what mama gave us.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. uh, I mean, that's i mean that's totally true when you think about you, there's really no way you can coach a professional the same way as you do, you know, a 12-year-old or you know that kind of stuff. So, it's definitely a very tailored uh training program that you guys have um, yeah, and, and I think
1: to, um yeah, I I was I was yeah. going to say la- kind of last thing um yeah. I remember a quote from from an old movie I watched when when I was in high school and I was a guy I said I could teach Japanese to a monkey in 54 hours. They had a 54-hour bus ride across the country, and the guy said he had to study for a test. He said he could teach Japanese to a monkey. You have to somehow relate it to the topic. You have to find a way to relate it to the topic. So he would take bananas and get the monkey to learn <laughs> to learn a language. Yeah. Um, through through using bananas. So I think, you know, 12-year-olds are definitely differently motivated than your professional guys and um yeah, yeah. I think that it goes back to can can we have all the numbers in the world, all the information in the world and get um, you know, our our youngest guy to say, wow, that makes so much sense, not wow, coach is so smart, I'll never understand what he's saying.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah, so, uh, best best uh, best performance I've ever seen in person. Um, yeah. I watched in Cleveland, King Felix Hernandez um, throw eight and a third of I believe fourteen strikeouts, maybe thirteen strikeouts, and one hit oh, wow. uh, baseball from about four rows behind the plate. And I've oh, I've 12. never, you know, I've never not left my seat at a baseball game, I believe, um, and that day, I just, I could not, I was not willing to miss one of those pitches, so I sat there with one of my friends, um, and we we kind of locked in on him, and were like, this is so much harder than we think it is. <laughs> yeah. so, this guy, you know, this guy is so good, and that was probably around um, 2000, and I'd say 2009, and so he was... He was in maybe 2008, and he was in studly, studly shape at that. At that point, he was looking really good. So, Um, you know, a little bit older for probably some of our listeners now. He's on his way out, but uh, he, you know, he was an absolute uh, bulldog to watch watch pitch, and especially that day, it was it was great.
2: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. uh, Probably one of the more famous Felix Hernandez moments is when he had the the perfect game, Um, and you know everyone's got the the K signs up and all that stuff. Um, yeah, at,
1: you know, at home, I've, I haven't i have actually, that's, um, you know, that's one of the few spots that I have not been for a game is out to safe field yet, and I would, um, you know, I would love to, to be out there at some point. Um, don't know if I'll be lucky enough to watch him pitch there ever, but uh, yeah. definitely want to make it to a game there sometime because uh, that's a, a heck of an environment for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's got to be... Like, one of the best experiences you could hope for as a baseball fan. But uh, my next question is, what are your thoughts on the Chicago Cubs?
2: Oh, wow, Dave. Dave, obviously, if you don't know, is I'm a very H-Cubs big Cubs fan. fan. Yeah. Um, so I, he definitely wanted to throw that question in there.
1: Um. Can I play uh, an Uno reverse card on you, Dave? And uh, could I, could I, as, as a fan, get your, your yeah. opinion first?
0: Well, <laughs> obviously the loss of you Darvish is one, and his and his catcher. It's a pretty huge loss. He was definitely their best pitcher last year, and looking to be a future Cy Young candidate. But I think I think if if they can re-sign Chris Bryant, even though he doesn't really want to stay, I th- I think they're going to be one of the more mediocre teams in the league. I think, Baez is kind. Of, he he kind of had an off season last year. If he can, he can get he can get back into the swing of things. I think th- they're they're looking uh they also had a change of ownership this this past off season. I I think they 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 don't have another shot at a world series in my opinion I don't think for the next 5 years. But they they have a ways to go with everything just so so many parts that need to be organized, but uh, what are uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, yeah, I was what I was hoping to do was um, you know maybe sh- shine a, a ray of light for you um, when I thought that you know the fan perspective right now is is pretty down on on the the big league squad. Um, you know the the rebuild probably uh, as far as the restructuring of minor league baseball probably um, has benefited them um, not more than anyone but probably you know them. Uh, in the top five i'd say uh because they have such a strong uh player development system kind mm-hmm. of through all the way through the minor leagues um, from their facilities and their philosophies and their coaching staff, they just have um, you know some really good people in there, and uh you know I know uh some local some local guys who um, are either with the Cubs or no you know no guys from from the Cubs who um, you know have nothing but good things to say about you know, everything they're doing at the minor league side. So um, I think your, you know, your future, um, you know, Rizzo, uh, you know, Schwarber and Bryant and Baez that, that have kind of, you know, come up through through your system. Um, you know, I think Hendricks was there for a while um, yeah. and is still, yeah. is still kicking. But like, you know, some of those homegrown guys who have really, who are there for the World Series even, um, you know, I think, you might be right that you're five years out, but those guys might be in your system already. Exactly. And, yeah. Um, and they have the resources, and um, you know the the coaching in place right now, where where they could do some real damage as far as um, you know making that that makes room for down the road, you know, one of those big contract signs or something like that when you have some homegrown talent who's uh, on the younger side in, in your system.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
2: And who doesn't want to play at Wrigley Field with the vines? I mean, it's oh, classic, great. right?
1: Yeah, uh, that, my, my my wife and I saw an. At, I I've told people this story recently too. Um, afternoon in Chicago on a Wednesday, random Wednesday in the middle of the summer, um, sold out crowd like at, at a at a. Um, Twelve thirty game on a Wednesday. I just can't, couldn't believe there were so many people at a baseball game in the middle of the week on a, <laughs> on, a on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Um it was it was an unbelievable experience. Amazing park there at Wrigley. It is uh, it's a, it's good to be a Cubs fan. And now that you Definitely. guys got that World Series out of the way, um, you know you can hang on to that for
2: another hundred years.
0: Yeah. yeah, it only took 100 a hundred eight years.
2: All right, uh, what made you? We kind of discussed about this first and about how you were, you know, a, a leader on your team, and that stuff, and you supported other people. Um, is that kind of what made you want to turn baseball into your current business or what else, what was there that made you say this, this could be a career for me?
1: Um, yeah, that's a, that's a very, that's a very good question. Um, you know, I, I talk about this a decent amount with some of our guys who are, um, you know, juniors, seniors, uh, some of the guys who are staying for that grad year in college now um, at some of our local colleges uh, to play baseball. Um, That's what I, you know, I did. I wanted to stay on and play baseball. Um, And when I was done, I was like, well, my degree's not over. I definitely want to coach baseball. Um, And, you know, I kind of kept going in that direction. I think I mentioned to, to Dave before, it was like, well, uh, this isn't, you know, what we're building a future on here. We definitely need to, uh, we need to do something else. So, um, at the time I was coaching at Niagara, um, I met Mark Gabriel, who is uh, a Niagara alum. Um, he is actually drafted by the Cleveland Indians and played for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, hmm. He uh, is from Niagara Falls. He's an absolute local local legend up here. Um, And he, you know, had found some turf, had a batting cage and put it, um, you know, in a closet at the Wurlitzer building so that his son and daughter could um, hit off of the pitching machines that he had bought. And, um, you know, he was like, well, my travel team practice is there and my daughter's travel team practice is there. But, like, we're pretty much just closed unless, you know, you're on one of those teams. And I was like, okay, so maybe I could start working with some of the kids. So at that time, uh, his son, Michael Gabriel, who's a, a grad student playing at Niagara right now, uh, Dan Dallas from the Padres organization went to Canisius High School and got drafted out of high school. Michael bretel who is from right across the border, who's in the Cardinals organization. Nate Massolino's at Niagara. Um, Andy Zapsis is at a school in West Virginia. So they have, they have these ridiculously good, you know, athletes on this 15-year travel team. I was like, oh my gosh, man. Like, yeah. you guys, like, we need you on our team at Niagara. Like, I wasn't, I did, I wasn't not being mean to any of the guys on the team, but I was like, wow, like, we could, you guys are really good, like, with a little bit of work. Yeah. Like, wow. And so, like, we're working together, and um, I met uh, Ron Burnick, who owns uh, Hot Corner Baseball Academy out in uh, Getzville. Um... And we were we were both in strike zone at the time, and you know we were kind of like, listen, man, like, you know, the the teams that come in here, it's it's dads, um, and grandpas who are kind of you know, teaching, you know, some things that that they might not know what they're teaching. They have good intentions. They want to help, um, but they even self admittedly are like, hey, I'm just doing the best I can. I'm just a dad kind of help yeah. and coach. Um, so yeah. we kind of talked to each other and like man that the area is really you know struggling for for good quality instructions and the so we were in the worlitzer building is where strike zone was on niagara falls boulevard out in north tonawanda um where platters chalk flip is now so platters was coming in and they were taking over the first floor and they're like hey we're throwing out so ron was like hey like i'm gonna you know, start a facility, and I was like, all right, perfect, um, I gotta, I've got another job, I can't really, can't really have a facility, um, (laughs) and, you know, one thing led to another, and it was just like, hey, like, you have to take all the strike zone stuff, um, you know, and, uh, Mark came, you know, said, hey, if you find a place to put it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll price it up for you, and, uh, you gotta move it all yourself, and, like, just, we'll sell it to you, and I was like, uh okay, I'll, you know, I'll try my best. And I was, uh, so I was doing lessons at a um, reservoir park one day, which is, um, you know, right across the street from where strike zone currently is. There's about eight softball fields. um, And had to be to Lockport in an hour. And I, you know, had about 15 extra minutes before I had to hit the road and saw a sign that said for lease. And I drove down and the door happened to be open. Uh, I kind of walked into the building and said, Wow, there's no poles, and in the old strike zone, there were big uh, pillars in the middle, so you could never have like an open space where you could throw down the middle or have any kind of fielding or anything like that. And I walked in, that kind of went, "Wow, there's yeah. there's no poles in here. This this might be perfect." So uh, the dominoes just kind of aligned for me to have a facility, um, and so every day I'm super thankful that I you know I I have it and that we do our best. Um, to be, you know, to be where our feet are, um, every day that I'm here, I'm given a hundred percent to our athletes that are here and, uh, you know, we, we love them all. So, um, I think since 2000, you know, that was 2016 that we, we kind of found it here. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people would say that, you know, they're, they're happy with the fact that we, we stumbled into here. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, a great, that's a great story. Um my my next question here is how how did you grow your business? Uh like what kind of marketing have you used to make your business successful?
1: Um oh, this is gonna sound this is this is not a this is not a good business tactic. So anybody who's listening for, for business advice, this is definitely uh I would tune this part out if you guys wanna <laughs> give them a warning here. Beep, beep, beep a warning here. Um, you know, I've relied heavily on doing the best possible job with the people who are here, um, you know, on a consistent basis. So uh, you know, Jackson's team, Nick Poussatier's dad, I don't know if you know Nick, uh, Dave, um, but, uh, you know, they, they kind of reached out in 2016. Hey, I heard there's a new facility. Um, we have, a, I think you were an 11-year-old baseball team, excuse me, yeah. at that time. Yeah. Yeah, and like uh, that. he was like, hey, we, uh, you know, I, he, Mike understood that the dads needed help coaching, so they didn't just want, Space they wanted they wanted help coaching and uh, you know he he wanted them to come in so um, back to the business you know the business side of it I, it I have always kind of relied on you know them telling people that I do a great job I haven't had to um, you know besides insta I think Instagram any social media Facebook is you know there there's so many free advertising mechanisms now via social media. Um, that I think if you do, you know, you do good enough work, and the people who you work with say, you know, good things about you to the to their friends. Um, we've relied on, uh, you know, our merchandise and the word of mouth really just kind of getting around to to people. And um, I will kind of selfishly give myself a, a little plug here to to you guys. Um, you know, if you go to our, our Google account, you know, we have uh, a ton of five-star reviews from our professional, our college, our high school athletes, um, just kind of backing things up for us. So anytime anyone pulls up, you know, a, a map to, to get to the place, you know, the, the first thing you're reading is, you know, Alex Johnson from Pitcher from the Reds, uh, you know, 18-sentence review about, um, you know, love in the place, or LG Castillo or Tanner Kerwer from the Blue Jays, like, I just I think and I you know, I've always said I, I wanna take really good care of those guys, um, because they, you know, they give they give everything to baseball. And so back to that initial, you know, one of the business things that I believe the most as far as from what I expect out of players, what I would expect out of an employee or a coach of mine or, you know, even a boss of mine like I will take it as serious as you want to take it. So if you guys, you know, if someone walks in the door and says, "Hey, I'm I'm all in for this," and they they showed that they can be all in for it, I think they're going to understand why I love baseball so much, and that's what that's what I want to kind of pay forward to everybody.
2: Yeah, um, giving it giving it back, you know. Obviously, you talked about how you were a team captain and stuff. So you obviously are a our leader and, and supportive and people, um, and we've talked about that. Um, so it definitely it definitely fits what what you do. Um, so kind of more business on it. How long did it take for you to start to see profits? A lot of upstart businesses don't really like they'll start and they won't see profits right away. They might, you know, some they might not believe in it after they don't see profits right away, and then they might give it up. Well, how long did it take for you to really start to see profits and see yourself grow?
1: Um, so I, uh, was extremely lucky, um, to had already, I had already had, um, you know, kind of a business plan to follow when, um, Mark who owns Strike Zone originally in the other location, he had, you know, teams that were in there. He had, you know, myself and Ron doing lessons so I kind of got a feel for what I wanted to do, but I always knew that I was, I was always good at the coaching side. I wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, be good on the business side. So yeah. when I, I took it on, I, I remember thinking, hey, you know, you got to, you have to count every, you know, pen cap make sure that, uh, you know, waste any sticky notes around here. So, um, you know, I was really, you know, really tough on myself. And, and I think um, this is something I've definitely stolen from uh, you know, a million coaches probably, but, uh, one of my, my favorite coaches, Justin James, who's a coach at a a division two school out in San Diego, um, is don't send anyone to do a job that you should do yourself. Um, so I thought the easiest way to save, you know, save money was just like, Hey, um, I bet you I can figure that out. And, you know, between, between YouTube, um, and some, you know, some good old fashioned, uh, hard failures falling off a ladder uh you know gluing my arm to the to the cement um things like that you know i did i did all of that work myself which ultimately allowed me to see um you know profits maybe sooner than than it would have it would have been if uh, i didn't if i didn't want to want to try so hard at it but i knew that I was, you know, I was going to give it my all and having that other job helped me out for sure because I was never, you know, I was never too stressed about the income knowing that I was always going to work um, and having a paycheck at the same time. Um, so I would say very lucky in that perspective, but that was also, you know, putting, that was putting me up to about 75, 85 hours every week between, um, mm-hmm. a mid, you know, a midnight shift and, and the baseball and knowing you know, that I wanted to do the baseball ultimately led to me kind of saying, hey, I can't do this as, you know, I can't, I can't do my job anymore. Um, you know, back to being a good teammate, and, and I hadn't been there for very long, they kind of created an opportunity for me um, to stay on part-time, which we had zero um, part-time employees out of the 1,200 people who worked in our department um, mm. because they wanted, you know, they wanted, they, they thought I was doing a pretty good job, so they wanted me to stay on. Um, so they created kind of a, a new role for me to to help stay on, and um, you know I just con- continued to feel myself get pulled in that baseball direction. I was taking vacation days to do lessons and things like that, and I was like, <laughs> um, I was like, I th- you know, this this really is this needs all of me, and and the, these kids deserve it. And I you know I took a jump and kind of was just like, hey, um, you know, I will always be welcome back, and I you know I respectfully was just kind of like. I think you know. I think this deserves m- my my best effort. So, twenty twenty one, and uh, you know, through through our COVID and everything like that, I really I feel like um, our athletes know that we're we're here for them, and they they continue to show up for for the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, the next question is. In your opinion, what is the hardest pitch to throw?
1: Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a real uh, real easy way out on this one and just go uh, go knuckleball. If you can, if you can, if you can master that guy, um, you know, you can pitch for a really long time. You can throw about seventy-eight instead of having to worry about throwing ninety-eight like everybody else. Um, so if if you can get you a real good knuckleball, <laughs> we can. We can take that a, a long way. Um, other than that, I think uh, it all comes down to you know uh, that that chase for velocity, and everybody you know wants to wants to pitch off of that.
2: Yeah, knuckleball is very easy on the arm, right? People go who their knuckleballs go longer.
1: Yeah, we're 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 talking 20, 20 year big leaguers right there, automatic.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what is the most important? Quality for a young baseball or softball player to have, um, you know, whether it's you know teamwork or whether it's you know self determination to achieve a goal. What what's the most important quality for someone in baseball or softball to have?
1: Um, that's a that's a loaded question for sure. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's not a probably not a one. A one size, um, you know, fits all answer for it by any means. Um, but I'm actually going to take a, a page out of a, a podcast I listened to recently. Eric Cressy um, had Mike Gambino, who's the head coach for Boston College baseball, on um, to talk talk to him, um, and he talked about some of the recruiting process and uh, you know things like that. And I think you know if I could give you one piece of advice from a coach to a player and you're only going to come one time and you're like, Hey, I remember this from coach for, um, you know, I would say I would want a kid to, you know, understand that they need to worry about being the best version of themselves. And that's it. And I think, um, especially in this day and age, I know we had talked about, um, you know, high school athletes before and you know your friends and everything and what you know where do you want to go to school i think a lot of the time people get caught up in oh my goodness what's everyone else gonna think about when when i make this decision and not just like hey if i keep getting better that's like that's all i can really that's all i can really control no clemson's not knocking down the door no lsu's not knocking down the door maybe i'm not good enough maybe i should you know maybe i should get better and i think um a lot of the time we let other factors kind of creep into that so if if you could have one quality it would be the ability to say like hey i'm just worried about myself and you could actually tone that noise out which is literally almost impossible for any of us to do. Um, you know, that's a, a really, a really, really tall task. But, um, if you could, you know, if we could really instill a quality in you, it would say, Hey, um, you know, keep the noise out and just worry about being the best version of yourself, I would say.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's also something that applies to life. I think too, you know, whether not necessarily just baseball, obviously it'd be something good to have there, but uh, it's you know any really decision you make you got to uh, take into account other factors but ultimately it really should you should be making a decision that you that you are there for and that you are that you are buying into
1: yeah and i think um you know especially in baseball real quick like if you you know if you pitch or you hit that's Um, As much as it's a team game, it's a lot of one-on-one battles against the baseball. Like, if you're not prepared for Mm -hmm. the ball in you know uh, go to little league and say hide the kid in right field right well right fielders get paid the most out of all the outfielders if anybody didn't know that um yeah you know in the big leagues so like like the you know if you get the ball in right field and you're not ready for it baseball finds you and it, it it embarrasses you pretty quickly because everyone sees the mistake everyone sees you strike out everyone sees you throw a pitch halfway to home plate and like you got to be able to bounce back from stuff like that. So, um, it's, it is very much, you know, very much a life thing I think is, you know, once again, if, if you can tone that noise down and go, yeah, I threw a ball to the backside, but I can throw this one right right down the middle or right to the corner or yeah, I swung and missed and fell on my butt, but I'm, you know, I'm going to get back up there and I'm going to, I'm going to swing like that. Again, you're going to see me hit this baseball or I'm ready to make this play more so than like, Oh no. Um, I, I hope they don't hit me the ball or I'm going to swing if it's a strike or man, I really hope this goes to the glove. I think a lot of the time that that determination and that uh, that inner inner voice can can really, um, you know, take you a long way if you can twist it in the positive light.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely great advice. I was definitely one of those kids. Uh, the coach would just hide in right field. But, um, uh, moving Listen, on, man,
1: I, I definitely, I, I definitely, uh, snuck a PB and J in my, uh, my Jersey at one point. I'm not, I'm not, not hiding about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, moving on, uh, in the, in the baseball and business world, uh, did you have any role models and who are they?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. So, um, Baseball wise, um, you know, being from Cooperstown again, um, you know, baseball is a huge, huge part of my life. Uh, when I was so, I was six years old um, when the Dreams Park started, and it started as uh, three baseball fields um, in Cooperstown. Just three little fields. They bought a, a strawberry farm from a guy um, who just had a ton of ton of fields and uh, wanted to retire. So. Um, three fields, which is now a 28 field complex, um, with eight concession stands and a railroad and, um, three, you know, clothing and souvenirs and the barracks and, um, you know, they have grown it to pre-COVID, obviously, um, it was 128 teams a week for 12 weeks, um, you know, in the summer. So my dad was there, um, and the head of field maintenance when they started in 1996, and I remember riding around on the golf cart and, you know, knowing the owner, Lou Persutti, who everyone called coach, um, who had that vision. Like uh, every kid would want to play in the home of baseball, um, which was it's funny because their address is in Milford. It's actually outside of Cooperstown. Not knocking them at all. Absolutely love them. But uh, it's just <laughs> outside of Cooperstown. Um, it's, yeah. it's, you know, right, right up the road from Cooperstown um... you know it is the greatest experience in the entire country for someone who is twelve years old it is the greatest thing you can do for a child who plays baseball Um, and to watch that grow um... you know my dad once he stopped being part of the field maintenance team there uh, was an umpire there and still goes there to umpire games um, you know in the summers recently Uh, and you know it has turned into a, a crazy wild, um, you know, travel baseball circuit, I would say, where there are thousands of dollars and kids being flown in from here and there. But I think, you know, when you look, when I look back at it and the way that the world kind of works in, in youth baseball now, he redefined, um, you know, the, the way that, that younger people can approach the game because he gave them, um, you know, a stage, and I think they didn't have a stage. I remember even back when I played, so when I was 12, um, I got I got to, I was decent when I was 12, kind of peaked at 12, uh, I don't know if I've told Jackson that, um, but uh, so my friend, my friend who ended up going to Clemson and myself, we got put on a different team every week. Uh, pitcher, catcher, combo uh, would get put on a different team every week when we were 12. Um, from Team Rawlings to the Boys of Baseball from Alabama to the Texas Titans. Uh, we played with the Honolulu All-Stars one once a week. Um, so we'd be on a different team every week. We wouldn't play a ton, but got to be on what he would think would be one of the better teams. And, they, you know, I'd pitch a game, and he'd catch sometimes and stuff like that. Just get to meet unbelievable baseball, you know, kids. They, they did us a huge favor. They let us, you know, it's not cheap to play there they let us uh play for for definitely reasonable price every week so um yeah. you know just just kind of kind of going through all that it was just i i loved those you know the pursuit b family um for giving me that opportunity so i wanted to immediately it was like hey dad I, that's my first job i want to work there um you know i want to figure out how they do it and how so many people come to this tiny little town um, and and have such a good time and we've made baseball just so much fun for a week for these these kids and from the fireworks to the rings to the the merchandise and every, everything that goes into it they uh, they put on the greatest youth baseball show on earth so teams back then would even leave uh, their Little League World Series jurisdictions to to go play with their their club teams in the Cooperstown tournaments instead of going to the Little League World Series, like it was more important mm-hmm. to to go there. So, um, it is it is definitely uh, you know that he I think they redefined it, and I was just happy to be so close to it that I would say he would take care of both the business and uh, and um, you, know, you know baseball side of it.
2: Yeah, I actually a couple of years ago I went to, down to Cooperstown for the Little League World Series and um
1: Did you go to Williamsport?
2: Williamsport? Williamsport. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Um that's what I meant, but uh, it's still the same like the atmosphere in both both those places um it was a different time actually I went to the to Cooperstown I walked through the museum. Um but just that the atmosphere and having a place for where you know kids can feel like Professionals and what they see on TV, it gives them that feeling. It's 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 really crazy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, got- we just gotta sorry. We gotta keep the uh, the parents from uh, beating each other up. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got a question here. How is the minor leagues different from the majors? Obviously, you are a pitching coach in the minor leagues, but like we talked about the Mike Trout thing, you kind of have seen the majors aspect of it. So what's what's the difference between those two?
1: Um, I actually got you know I got a kind of a first hand look out out there at it one day. Um, it it rained pretty hard in Arizona, if you can believe it. I was there for. 20 days it actually rained four of the days they said it rains like five days a year so that was kind of strange um yeah but so uh you know one day it was just absolutely terrible and all the uh the big leaguers came to our side to use our bullpen because we have a roof on our over our bullpen so on a normal day you uh you know you kick open the back doors um which are kind of screened in so you can't see outside past them um you kind of open the back doors and you Walk out, there's some strength and conditioning guys, there's some players playing catch, and a couple coaches standing around. But that's it, there's not very many people. Um, so that day, walked out like it was kind of a normal day, and there were about 400 people standing around with umbrellas and cameras, and um, you know, a lot of international networks because it was uh Otani's first bullpen uh, back.
2: Oh, yeah, so, yeah.
1: Um, you know, I kind of walked out. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can, can I come out here? Am I, allowed to, am I allowed to walk out here? What's going on? <laughs> oh you know, yeah, the big leaguers are over here today. And I was like, oh my gosh. So just from, you know, the the shock point of view, obviously, um, you know, they're the ones who people buy tickets to go see. And yeah, we go to minor league games, but uh, they're the jerseys we buy. They, they are the players, you know, that, that we want the minor league guys to be like. So um that's that's definitely you know one of the huge differences is just the uh you know the coverage and the uh the buzz around uh, around them I would say um it was amazing to hear you know some of the big league guys talk that day and talk to you know um you know Joe Madden um while I was out there when he was riding his bike around the facility um just you know it's it's a it's a really you know it's it's a different kind of level that they you know, he knew me, he knew my name and wanted to, you know, wanted to talk about baseball. And um, so there, there is kind of that similarity on it where they're just guys and this and that, but everyone looks at them kind of differently because they are the, those, you know, those, those gods um, in the, uh, the baseball gods uh, kind of discussion. So um, yeah. on top of, on top of that, I would say this year, and I don't know how many, you know, how many people kind of know uh, up and down, Um, minor league baseball so from double a and lower um they're trying to get they've I think successfully gotten rid of the left-handed pickoff move to first base and uh the spin move to second so you have to come disconnected with your with the foot that's on the rubber every time before you throw to a base so righties can't just pick their foot up and go to third lefties can't pick their foot up and go to first no inside moves to second so they've kind of to try and speed the game up try and you know see more runs um in the game uh you know they're they're trying to eliminate some of those those pickoff moves that uh keep runners closer to the bag that they're on so that's uh that's going to be a major difference. Especially uh, since you know that that changes at a certain level, you're going to go back to the way we used to do it. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, I, I like I like the move though. Try to speed the game up a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know we the, and they said the, the steel. You know the steel numbers are down, and I don't mean to to get too far off topic, but um, you know just. To the the modern day of baseball, um, I do believe we see a lot more, um, you know, doubles, triples and home runs than we used to see singles, you know, um, you know, or than Mm -hmm. we see singles now. Um, So I think, you know, some of the some of the data um, behind, hey, not enough guys are, are stealing second base is probably because they're already on second base is all.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Just a, that's a fully personal opinion but um you know I think uh, I think we want to we should examine that a little bit closer um, because I don't think our lefty pickoff moves are doing that much damage or' else I, you know I never would have never would have played baseball <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> all right uh, next question uh, what was the interview process for the angels uh, like how did, how did it go about
1: um, that's a good one. So I, uh, I don't know, um, you know, how many people have the process, you know, how similar it is, um, how many people have the process that I would have, um, but I went to a, a, a website um, that I, you know, just have kind of an account for. It's called Teamwork Online, and what they do is just post sports jobs. I remember when I graduated um, from Niagara that I wanted to, uh, you know, I knew I wanted to work in professional sports. Just wasn't sure if it was going to be, you know, the coaching side of things. Mm So, um, you know, I filed that night, applied for some sports marketing jobs and things like that, um, but never, you know, never heard anything of it. So I saw a pitching coach job for the Angels, uh, applied, um, kind of figured that I wouldn't hear anything back on it. I'm a, you know, baseball facility owner from Niagara Falls, New York. Um, with no professional baseball experience and not a very good college resume um so i was kind of like well you know that's nice that they let people just apply um but you know we're kind of just a fish swimming in the sea out here um so i got a you know an initial kind of email hey we'd like to set up an interview with um you know a couple of couple of guys um so i talked to um our field coordinator and our minor league operations director um and then uh you know hung up the phone um well <laughs> and give a huge shout out to my wife right now um who kind of sat in the background behind me and coached me um while I was on the phone with them, I was like putting the mute on going, is that, is that right? Is that stupid? Am I saying anything? <laughs> kind of, kind of, ner- you know, on the, the nervous side of things in my first professional, you know, interview. Yeah. Um, in a while after owning a business, you don't interview too often. Um, so, uh, you know, she, she did a great job with me and uh, got me to the second round. Um, and I think it went through like five, like five rounds or so where I talked to a whole bunch of different people um and then the last day i talked to uh our minor league strength and conditioning coordinator um who actually graduated from ub and uh was from right across the border here in canada um and so we we hit it off you know pretty well um and he had um you know he had a a lot a lot of good questions for me and we dove into some really, you know, really, really good discussions. And kind of, I got to know him pretty, pretty quickly on a, a personal level. Um, and you know, I was like, hey, like, listen, I, I really think that if if you've got a group of people like yourself in there, that, um, you know, I would love to be part of that. And if you, you know, if you absolutely can't go with me, like, that's, you know, I understand that I lack in the resume part, but like, I will make up so much you know, ground in my, my effort and in my, my my care for the game of baseball. I owe it to baseball mm-hmm. to give this my best effort and, uh, you know, I think that that went a long way for him because uh, three weeks later they kind of gave me a shout and just, uh, I was actually walking into strike zone to uh, to work with um, a team and uh, I got the call in the parking lot and kind of said, uh, I have to talk to some people about it and uh, I have to Go talk to these twelve-year-olds, but uh, I, yes, yes, that sounds so nice. I'll, 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 call you guys back right away, like very soon. Um, so I kind of just walked in the door and didn't even have time to, to think about it. Just kind of a little bit of a smile on the face. Um, uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a, a great process, and I got to talk to you know some unbelievable people and just hear um, you know kind of what what's expected of you every day is to to really really absolutely bring bring you all there's no no days off in professional sports
2: yeah um like again this kind of, this next question kind of goes with the no days off maybe you know depending on what you say do you have any advice for people who have dreams of starting their own business or at least you know have the idea of starting their own business
0: um
1: yeah that is you know that is once again uh I drop a, a warning here first. Um, you know, I uh, did, you know I do have a, a business degree, but I'm by no means a, an expert on it. Um, I would say, like, if you really, you know, if you find something that you can do, it sounds so cliche, and people say it all the all the time to to kids and people who want to start businesses. Like, I was I was destined to you know, I knew I was going to love baseball. I knew that at some point, um, I was going to have to give up baseball, you know, as far as playing or as far as being part of it. And that, you know, that at whatever point that was, I was, I was not going to be as happy as I would be if I was still in baseball, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, I've just gone about it in a way like I, you know, I, continue to find ways um you know through the research i've done through um you know the effort that i give to the kids and the the players from around here who give me that effort in return um you know i owe it to the game to to pay it forward and because i love baseball so much it's 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 definitely hard sometimes, but it's not hard to, you know, to just fall in in love and and pour your effort into it. So if you love, Mm -hmm. you know, washing dogs, if you love um, the stock market, if you love, um, you know, TikTok videos, like if you can really, if you can really give your all to something um, and you aren't afraid of criticism because no matter how good or bad you do it, um, you're always going to get criticism from friends, family, people who don't know you, dogs and cats from outer space, wherever things might be. Yeah. People will find ways to judge you and try to, you know, take it away from you. But you, I think all the time, if once again, that that vision of, hey, like, I, I love this, um, can really hold you true to, to anything you want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, all right, my next question is: Do you have any early Cy Young predictions for the upcoming season?
1: Ooh, Ooh I've been. This is the one I've been, I've been <laughs> s- steaming on. This is good. Um, can we? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bail this out first. I'm gonna pass it to to Jackson. Okay. Um But I wanna. I'm gonna drop just my NL guess because it's kind of. A, I would go with a sleeper pick and um you know maybe maybe something that no one else would would go with so i don't want to take anyone else's is what i would say but my nl one would be ian anderson from the atlanta braves Mm. and i'm going to just leave that there and then i'll let you guys give me your your al and nls and then i'll give my al at the end if that's cool with you
2: okay i'll go um I'll, I'll think mine. Uh, in the NL, uh, I guess right now the favorite would be going to Trevor Bauer because he, he won last year. Obviously, now he's with the Dodgers. Um, I'm going to have to go with a different Dodger. It's For right now, obviously, the two biggest teams in the NL are in the NL West, and that's the Padres and the Dodgers. I'm going to go with uh, the Dodgers. I'm going to go Walker Bueller. He hasn't had. Um, Cy Young yet he's very young in his career. He's shown really good flashes of what he can do. He's got a good fastball, good off speed. I think this is the year he puts that together. I think he's going to have the, the NL um, ERA championship under his, like he's going to have the lowest ERA, um, and I expect the Dodgers to go very far in the playoffs once again this year. So I'm going to go at ha- going to go and take Walker Bueller with the NL and the AL. Um, I'll I'll go with Cole. I mean, his his year last year wasn't as good as his year in Houston. Um, maybe it was a shortened season, new team, whatever it may be. But um, I'll go with Garrett Cole. Dave. what are All you right. uh, Dave, Okay. What you got me.
0: My so for NL, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to stick. With kind of maybe he's kind of overlooked this year. I'm gonna have to go with Yu Darvish, the Ooh. man, oh, former yeah. Cub. But I, I think I think he's he's the man. He's got everything. He has no he has very few flaws. Um, I th- I think he's definitely going to be overlooked coming into the season. But uh, in the AL, I might, I might have to agree with you, Jake. I think I think I'm going to go with Cole too. I, mm-hmm. I just I think the Yankees are so good. I, I don't I don't see him. Uh, I don't, I see him only getting better from where he was last year or the year before
2: yeah plus being in a, on a team like New York when you know they've been so good and they're very in the news I guess they're always good so they'll always be out there I feel like when he has a, a good game or even you know by his standards a more mediocre game it might be um, more prominent in what people hear about it than when someone for say um, I don't know t- like the Orioles maybe if they have a you know a pitcher f- for them have a has a good has a good game but maybe not um, they're not. It they might not be talked about as much. All right, but coach, what's yeah, your ab- AL pick?
1: Absolutely, and I think um, you know. Once again, mine's probably a little uh, under undervalued as far as the uh, the market goes. Um, a little bit more sleeper um, than Garrett Cole as well. Uh, guys have a really good pick there. Um, he's pretty pretty solid guy. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Luke. Kiss Giolito from the White Sox, um, who has made, you know, some big time arm path uh, oh, yeah. changes since 2018, um, didn't pitch a ton last year, um, you know, but had made really, really big strides the year before in the full season, um, was actually one of the, I think, like one of the top 10 pitchers that year um, and uh, might, uh, might be, uh, be there on the, uh, the comeback trail this year again.
2: Yeah, I, I saw a video, um, last year of his, his arm path change. It almost looks like his arm is like he, he's more uh bent at the elbow than what he was, but you know, and then it shows him he was hitting much higher velocity, so whatever works, right?
1: Yeah, you gotta you know, guys guys find all sorts of things that uh that have to work for them. Um and I think, you know, without jumping too into uh another topic right now probably for would be for a different day. Um you know, we're seeing more and more elbow spiraling going on um, where if shortening your arm path is something that you have to do um, there's a lot less uh, negative energy around it as there there's a lot less than there used to be if that makes sense
2: yeah and I just put up his stats in 2018 he had uh, his era was 6.13 and then just the very next year it dropped all the way to 3.41 so I mean he obviously made, some huge changes and you can see the results in the stats
1: yeah tons tons of strikeouts too the big thing was that he was getting all sorts of swings and misses with the new the new one so in a day and age where damage beats you you gotta you gotta miss bats um you know with your fastballs Mm
2: -hmm. all right we have another uh kind of personalized question to you uh who is your favorite player to work with and then maybe why Uh, that's
1: a, that's a tough one. We love, uh, everybody, everybody equally. Um, I would say now, um, we're giving you some kind of, uh, some kind of something out of that. Uh, the people who make it the easiest, um, are definitely the ones I was actually thinking about it. Um, I was thinking about it today and Jax, I guess I'll, I'll get you in on, on this too. Um, I was leaving the facility, and uh, one of our other coaches was helping helping the team out. And I thought, "Hey, if I didn't leave a coach there, and they showed up, the door was just open. They showed up, and they were totally by themselves. How good would you know? How good would their practice go? Like, how good? Mm-hmm. How good would they do?" And um, the group was um, thir- they're thirteen and thirteen and fourteen years old. And I was kind of, you know, driving away and I was like, oh man, I think, I think it might be a little, a little bit, bit nervous, but I think we'd have some pretty good structure. Um, you know, there might be more talking and standing around than there would be with coaches there, but I bet you they'd yeah. get through it if that, if that makes, if that makes more sense. And, um, you know, where I think if, uh, I left four of my pro athletes together in the facility, um things might happen in there that might be better than even when I'm there because of the the freedom that, that they have, maybe the fun that they have. Um, and that's why I've always tried to keep myself as a coach removed from, you know, as many things as, as I can. I'm, I'm not a throw 99 things at you until it, it sticks. I'm big on, you know, the players drive, drive this environment and especially um, – you know, around here, I think the conversations that they have or the, the competitive nature that they create, um, you know, with the, with hit tracks or with, you know, Soto throwing velocity in the batting cage, like they, you know, they really bring another level to it without, um, without me even having to remind them that, that I'm there or that they have to do that. If that if mm-hmm. that if if that that is uh, you know really uh, you know so those guys make it really really easy to say like hey would they be your favorites well um, you know anybody who shows up and is that serious about it where if I wasn't there they had their best day um, that's that's all I hope for um, because ultimately I can't help you once you're in the batter's box or on the mound or in the field like you you're the one who has to play the game so. I would mm-hmm. say they're the ones who, uh, who make it the easiest to, to love.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. So the last question I have is, I'm sh- I'm sure me and Jackson can give our our picks too for this. What is your favorite ballpark?
1: Oh, that that I've been to personally. It,
0: it could be you've been to it, you've seen it. It, it could be, it could A- be anyone.
2: Anything.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, I will drop uh, some current you know, baseball news and say that one out in Oakland looks like an absolute masterpiece that they, uh, they drew the plans up up for. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that online the past couple of days, but it looks uh, you know, it's like something that Oakland needs a lot. Um, so that one's going to be definitely on the, the list to get to immediately. Um, but, you know, I think there's nothing like seeing a game from behind the plate at PNC Park in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and staring out at the uh, the yellow bridges. I, I like, um, you know, once again, pre-COVID, but the whole, um, you know, restaurant, the restaurant scene and uh, everything that's around there. And, uh, you know, great, great atmosphere when you when you have a game there, um, I think, for. You know, kind of that whole area, you can walk around, you can, um, you know, it's easy to meet people. Uh, it's not that far from here, even, um, so being a little Buffalo bias here, but nice summer day. If you can get to, to Pittsburgh, it's not that far. It's amazing, amazing place to see a game, and they have really good food.
2: Yeah. All right, Dave. Uh, All you right. You said you wanted to get a take some. What is your favorite park?
0: My my favorite one, I'm going to have to go with Wrigley. I, I don't... Uh, you just the whole atmosphere there is just something else. You get you got the the ivy on the back. You got they they recently renovated like all the areas around the stadium, so now it's it's just primed towards just anybody. And uh, also an, another huge reason why they they sell out on on a Wednesday afternoon at twelve. It's it's just the atmosphere <laughs> yes, there is is one of the best in baseball. So. It's it's really hard to beat for me. I I think just the atmosphere and everything around it is just just so it's historical and just it's just great. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, for me, uh, I'm inclined to say Great American Ballpark with for my Reds. Uh, the name is the kicker for me. I mean, how can you not talk about? I mean, baseball being America's pastime. Great American Ballpark is a nice one. You know, another you know classic one is uh, Fenway. Uh, um, with the with the monster I'm gonna have to go with Oracle park uh where the San francisco Giants play I love um triples alley i love the i love the brick and i love the um, how you just how the water's right there um, I like when you know people hit bombs out there into the in the water and you have the people dive in out of their canoes to go get it i think I think that's awesome and um, you know I have not been to San Francisco but if i ever do get the chance I would really like to uh to see go to a game there it just it seems like such a good atmosphere they do have a good history over there in san francisco so it, it it seems like a a cool ballpark and a place that i would definitely want to go to and with that we are done with our questions that we are at the end of the episode thank you for uh sticking with us listening to the end we hope you guys enjoyed um, like we said at the beginning, stay tuned for merchandise, website updates, all that stuff. Um, you can find us on Instagram at buzzer 22 at gmo.com. Um, like we said, we're going to be getting back to our regular episode on Tuesday and sticking with those. Um, thank you, Coach Four, for coming on. You can find him at Western New York Strike Zone on Instagram, uh, WNY Strike Zone. Uh, thank you for coming on, Coach. Uh, we had a good time giving you these questions and you had uh, some really in-depth answer answers that we think our listeners enjoyed and that we definitely did.
1: Guys, thank you again for having me on. Uh, Dave, great to meet you. And uh, you guys, um, you know, just, just keep absolutely giving it your all. I think uh, your fans love it and uh, I love it. Absolutely.
2: Thank you, coach. Uh, With that, that ends episode 19. Like we said, getting back to a regularly, regularly scheduled episode on Tuesday, but with that, see ya. Thank you.